Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. I got fake people showing fake love to me straight up to my face. Straight up to my face. I've been down so long, it look like... is the Memphis Tigers beat writer for the Daily Memphian on Twitter at P.U.P.D.I. underscore. Parth, what's happening, man? How you doing? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Um, still enjoying the offseason. Things have yeah. quieted down a little bit, as you can tell. Um, what about you? How man, are things going here? I, 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 had a, uh, I had a nice weekend away in Kansas City celebrating a buddy's... Uh, a uh, a a wedding, so that that was fun. Got to catch up with a good old high school buddy, and uh, it was a. I told Connor off the top of the show, it was a uh, sunglasses on travel day yesterday for me. Well, well one glad, of them days. You're, glad you're here today. Glad you're with us. I'm back. Know? I'm back. I'm back. I'm back recovered. I am back recovered <laughs> to say the least. But uh, uh, you're oh, in the you're, you're still in the Eastern Time Zone, huh? We had we had some. I am. Yeah, we had to I clarify Central Time versus Eastern Time. Yeah, that still that trips me up. You know, obviously from North Carolina, so kind of made that switch to Central Time, and uh, my body clock obviously has been on Central Time for about nine months now. So um, visiting back home, uh, kind of helping out my, my grandma, as I told you, broke her femur, unfortunately. Yeah. So um, just helping her around um, at the senior rehabilitation center if she needs something and whatnot, and yeah. should be back here in Memphis in a couple weeks. Well, prayers for her. Hope, hope, hope we get a recovery, no question about it. That's a femur, man. Golly. That's, That's tough. tough one, right? That's <laughs> tough. That's a tough one. Yeah. Um, but is, everything seems to be slowing down a little bit on, on your front as far as um, sort of the news drops. We had Malcolm Dandridge get into the portal uh, since last time that I, I spoke to you. Um, that wasn't a surprise, although considering the situation from a roster construction standpoint, it, I mean, there's a spot for him theoretically unless, unless Penny Hardaway has something up his sleeve. No, exactly. I mean, it wasn't a surprise – at the same time, though, you know, I had kind of heard rumblings that that door was slightly cracked, right? Yeah. Like before it was shut, maybe even locked. But, you know, as the offseason kind of progressed and things didn't go Memphis's way in terms of landing a big, uh, I was told there was a possibility there. Obviously not with him entering the portal. Yeah. Um, some, of the, some of the schools that are reaching out to him kind of – Maybe I'm wrong for being surprised, but I'm kind of surprised. Kansas State, SLU, Kansas, Western Kentucky, Auburn, Oklahoma State. Now, granted, um, we, we don't know who's offered him by any stretch of the imagination, but some of those, I, I figured it would be a little bit of a step down from Memphis, but it may not be that case. No, and I think maybe a little bit surprised at, at the amount of big names, the amount of Power Fives, but I definitely think he's a you know super serviceable backup at the Power Five level, whether it be Kansas State or or even a school like Auburn, Oklahoma right. State, you know, the list kind of goes on and on there. Um, but, like, when you look at him, it just feels like here at the University of Memphis his body failed him ultimately, right? Like, he was only able to play in spurts, 
and there was just some issues there. But I, I don't think anybody – like I've heard people – talk about his time at Memphis and sort of classify it as a failure. I don't, I don't think that's fair by any stretch of the imagination. No, that's a little bit of a stretch. Obviously, you know, he, he came to Memphis as, I believe, a four-star prospect and had NBA dreams, certainly. Um, and, you know, it doesn't mean he still can't play professionally somewhere, you know, after, after another year. Um, I think from that standpoint, you know, he'd probably tell you himself that he came up a little bit short you know, with internal expectations and, and kind of what he wanted to do. But, no, I don't think it's a failure by any means. I think, you know, like you said, his body, you know, step-by-step step failed him at different points in his time as the Tiger. And ultimately it kind of, from my understanding, got in his head a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to. Because, like, I, I always talk about this. We talked about it with Jaron leading up to what he's been able to accomplish the last two years with the Grizzlies. When your whole career is seemingly a get-back from injury, it's just so hard to get into a rhythm as a player. It's so hard. And and yeah, I just feel like that's Malcolm right there. That that literally just sums up his entire career here. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, um is there more smoke on the uh, recruiting trail? <laughs> I mean, we don't we don't have to get into full particulars, but Caleb Love <laughs> decommits from Michigan. It seems like there's genuine interest this time. Um and there may be some other names and other people that uh that, that Penny's reaching out to. Yeah, I think there's not a ton of smoke, and I think that is the part that's concerning, right, for right. fans. I mean, the last commit they had from the portal was Jalen Young, and I believe that was on May 3rd. Mm-hmm. So right now we're sitting on, what, May 22nd. It's been nearly three whole weeks since we've um, since Memphis has gotten a commit, and in that time we really haven't seen a lot of big names surface in terms of, you know, Memphis showing interest to so-and-so or so-and-so. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with kind of where we're at in the calendar, Right, like the the portal closed for undergrads. Uh, I believe at this point it two weeks ago. It was yeah. May eleventh, I believe, May 11th. It closed. Um, so a lot of those guys have kind of found new homes, and um, and the ones that are left maybe aren't really needle movers, right? Right. So now this is kind of a waiting game of okay, who's going to come out of that NBA draft process at the end of the month? Who's not going to get you know super favorable feedback, but can still be a but, valuable but all those guys, a lot of those guys end up going right back to where they were though like right back to the same school that they were they were at before yeah uh, most of them but I do think there are guys and, and I can't think of them off the top of my head but there, right. there are certainly guys that um, they had made clear to their previous schools now that it was either going to be going pro or finding a new home for whatever reason. Yeah, now Caleb Love decommits from well, – I really shouldn't even say decommits from Michigan because it, it seemed to be transferring over credits and issues like that that, that ultimately led to that situation uh, sort of uh, crackling the way it did. But uh, you talked to Caleb Love and his family um, the first time around before he committed to Michigan, and, and Memphis didn't really show all that much interest. Do you think is, – is it changed this time around? I, I have been hearing that there is uh, some type of change that, that – uh, sort of the the communication lines have been opened. Have you been hearing the same thing? Well, I spoke to spoke to Dennis Love, right? Didn't speak to Caleb. Um, yeah. This is back in late March, and and like you just said, you know, Dennis said he hadn't heard anything um, from from Penny nor from anybody in the in the Memphis Tigers basketball program, um, and he almost seemed a bit surprised, right? Right. Like Caleb's from St. Louis. You know, they their family home is four hours away. Um, and I, I asked him at that point, I was like, hey, you know, if, if Penny did call, would there be any interest? And he's like, I can't remember the exact quote, but he said something along the lines of, come on, man, it's Penny Hardaway. Of course, right, you know, right. of course we're picking up the phone. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on this time around. I saw, I saw a report from another outlet 
um, I believe it was Friday or over the weekend that Memphis was definitely going to reach out. Um, but, you know, like we just discussed, there were simple, similar rumblings, you know, back the first go around. So it's kind of a wait and see process at this point. Um, what have you been hearing about the NIL situation? I know there's been some rumblings about maybe uh, things that have not uh, come to fruition from, from a, a promise perspective. Um, but what, what have you been hearing on that front? I also think it was interesting. You wrote a story about it, and I, I talked about it on Friday when Kendrick Davis was on with Jason and John and his, his sort of discussion about you know NIL versus Penny Hardaway. I think he said 60% Penny, 30% Dez and some of the Grizzlies, then about 10% NIL. Uh, obviously, you have some hope that Penny can create a relationship with somebody out there on the recruiting trail, but what have you heard about the NIL on the NIL front uh, considering how important it is in, in this day and age? Yeah, I think... Of course, there was there was talk about, you know, maybe NIL being an issue or Memphis not having the resources it had in previous years kind of throughout the offseason. And, you know, that was just talk. But now we've seen that talk kind of uh, come to fruition, if you will, right? Like with the mm-hmm. Jaden Bradley situation where, you know, he seemed to be a Memphis lock for a few days and then he upped his asking price and Memphis couldn't make right. it happen. Um, I was also told that, you know, something similar happened with Musa Sise in terms of those, those right. talks of a reunion not really advancing because, you know, what Memphis could offer, Cissé thought he was, you know, he was worth more. And then he right. went to Ole Miss. So I think just uh, it's a small trend, but just that trend being there certainly is concerning. Yeah, the, the, uh, the Musa commit, uh, committing to uh, Ole Miss is an interesting one, though, isn't it? Him and Jamarian Sharp. Seemingly both those guys can't be on the floor at the same time, right? 7-1 and 7-5. Maybe I'm wrong. Good, good rim protectors, but I, from an <laughs> offensive perspective, I don't know if you want both of them on the floor at the same time if you're Chris Beard. Exactly, because neither one's like a big bucket getter, right? Like they're both, what, 8 to 10 point yeah. type scorers. Right um, around the rim, lobs and everything else, not not great free throw shooters. They're just sort of they, – they, they get finishes right under the rim, and that's what they are offensively. Exactly, and neither guy's coming off the bench, right? Like in this point in this point of their careers – I, I doubt that neither one is going to be satisfied with a reserve role, a bench role. So automatically you kind of think, hmm, you know, does that mean Jamarian Sharp is going to walk? Like, what's going to happen? But right. then Jamarian Sharp told, I think it was Jeff Goodman, that, you know, he's staying put at Ole Miss. So mm-hmm. kind of a confusing dynamic. But, man, Chris Beard and, and Ole Miss there, um, they've been killing the portal thing, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like uh, Ole Miss and Arkansas really are the are the two you look at. I think in a lot of ways, right? No. Those are the two that have just no been taken advantage. Now, I'm talking with Parth Upadhyay from uh, the, the Daily Memphian, Memphis Tigers basketball beat reporter for them. On the Kendrick Davis front, what have you thought about his pre-draft process? He seems to uh, seems to have some type of interest, although like I, when we're betting on what he will become in the NBA, I, I, th- I think I'd bet on him you know, potentially being a two-way guy, maybe getting on the end of, the, of a bench somewhere. I don't think the ceiling's through the roof by any stretch of the imagination. He's a 5'10 point guard um, that that needs to work on the defensive side of the ball, and he's 24 years old. So there's a lot of things working against him, but it looks like he has has managed this process damn well. No, absolutely. I mean, he hasn't been discouraged at any point in this process, right? Like he's gone from the Portsmouth Invitational to the G League Elite Camp to earning his way all the way up to the NBA Draft Combine, and he's turned heads, you know, at every step of, of that journey. You know, I was talking to his agent, Corey Booker, who um, also represents Kenneth Lofton Jr. Yep. So uh, I thought that was kind of interesting, the parallels there with, with Lofton having to, you know, kind of be an under-the-radar guy who, who was on a two-way and then earned his keep and, what, scored 42 points, yeah, right, like in his yeah. first career start. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. But, you know, Kendrick has 
has made it known, right, that he can hang with the best of them. You know, at that G League elite camp, there was 44 guys there, and he tied for fifth in the three-fourth court sprint, you know, mm-hmm. with, a, with a time of like three-point-something seconds, 3.17, I believe. Um, obviously, that's just one one measurement, but his, you know, his shiftiness, his speed, his athleticism, um, obviously at 5'10", he's not playing above the rim by any stretch of the imagination, but um, all of that combined, his elusiveness is, you know, is up there with any prospect in the draft, I think, and you said it, you know, the, the height. He measured in at five ten and a half. Yep. Without shoes at the at the G League Elite Camp, I was looking this up because I was curious. You know how many players this past season were below six feet? How many? Take a guess. Uh, as far as NBA draft combine. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. No, as far as in the 22-23 season in the NBA. Oh, gosh. Uh, one? One or two? Four. 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 So, okay. Still a very small number. Yeah, and very. only one of those guys was drafted, and that's Kennedy Chandler. Right? Yeah. Like, so, you know, there's there's not a lot of evidence that works in his favor, if you will. But, you know, if Kendrick's shown us anything, it's that, you know, the odds don't really matter when it comes to him finding success. Are we looking at sort of a a preferred undrafted free agent designation for him? Like, I know people are going to hold out hope for him being a late second rounder. I don't know if I really have that. Again, if you're a point guard and you're under six foot and you're 24 years old, odds are stacked against you. Are we looking at him being sort of that in that preferred undrafted free agent conversation? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for him to work his way into being a second-round pick is going to be very, very difficult. Um, You know, you look at different mocks, whether it be The Athletic or or Bleacher Report or ESPN or whatever, he's not listed on them, right? Yeah. Um, I do think, like you just said, you know, outside of that top 58, you know, he's probably in the top 90 somewhere, whether it be 70, 80, 90, whatever. So I think he is a guy that's going to get scooped up on a two-way, and from there, you know, the ball's in his court, so to speak in terms mm-hmm. of proving himself and kind of showing that he belongs at that level. Now, you got here slightly, you know, after the Imani Bates stuff, but I, have you been as amazed as I am at the fact that he's being talked about by certain people, media, social media, if you will, and I know he's been a social media superstar since his high school days, <laughs> but are you as amazed as I am that people are really trying to talk about him as a first-round pick, potentially? First-round pick, yeah, absolutely. I've seen a little bit of that on Twitter um, I'm not sure what substance there is. Yeah, to there, that. There, I don't think there is. I, I mean, <laughs> and I love, I love the one clip that came out of him uh, at the combine where they they ran a double at him and he shot out of it. <laughs> he, shot, he shot a three he, from he the corner. The shot, though. Yeah, he, na- he, he nailed it. He nailed it. But I, in the NBA, the that's not usually a. It's usually a frowned upon decision when you when you get a double ran at you. Yeah, I mean, anywhere except for pickup ball, right? It's kind of <laughs> it's not right. a, it's not a super smart shot. Um, but look, I think you know the dude's what six nine, six ten can can dribble, can shoot. Like he improved his combine numbers too from that pro day at the University of Memphis that he got shot down a lot for. 
I say that one more time. He, he he improved upon some of his athletic numbers and, and measurables from the pro day he had at Memphis right when he got to campus. So that, that that's helpful for him. No, absolutely. And I was you know I was kind of scanning the the measurements from or the measurements and the numbers, whatever you want to call it, from the draft combine. And and as far as speed and, and lateral quickness, I believe is the second one that stuck out to me. Um, it wasn't great, right? Like for yeah, someone, no, you know that slender and someone you'd expect to kind of be a standout athlete looking at him, uh, his numbers were probably more comparable to a, you know, to a four or a five, like a, like a forward, a post player. Um, So I think that part is concerning, but as far as the skill set, I think, you know, that screams NBA, whether it be, you know, uh, early second or mid second, I think somebody's going to take a chance on him. Obviously. Now, um, back to, back to Tigers recruiting. And then I want to transition a little to NBA, NBA playoffs. Um, <laughs> is there anybody out there like uh, talking to our listeners, right? Is there anybody out there that, that that Tiger fans should keep an eye on from a recruiting standpoint? Like what I know there's not a lot of smoke, but is there is there anything that, that that's worth mentioning really at this moment for Penny and in the staff? Man, I'll be honest, man, these things change so often. I remember, you know, I was on the radio with you I believe a week a week and a half ago, and yep. there were names. There was the the Georgetown big. There was another big man. Those guys are, are gone, right? Yeah, like those right. guys are off the board. And I think it's a it's a daily exercise where you're kind of seeing who's out there and who's not. You know, I haven't seen a name, and I was talking to somebody else about this kind of off the air, but I haven't seen a name that Memphis could grab that's going to move the needle at this point. Yeah. I think, at, you know, at this juncture, it's a matter of, like we said earlier, kind of waiting to see who comes out of that draft process, kind of seeing – if any grad transfers, because they're like free agents, right? They can move whenever. Um, if any grad transfers are unhappy or if they get recruited over or whatever the case may be, um, and, and going from there. But as it stands now, there hasn't been a single name that's you know uh, caught my attention. And also, I think moving the needle is about specific positioning, right? Like you want a vet point guard and you want a, you want a, you want a big, obviously I don't think they're really in conversations uh, with, with a lot of people like that, but it feels like they're just so booked up at the wings right now at the sort of two through four um, that, that I, anybody like that doesn't seem like it would move the needle unless it was just some massive name. Yeah, exactly. Right. They've got T Leonard, they've got Jonathan Pierre, you know, if uh, depending on what happens with, with, Mikey, they've got J.J. Taylor and Ashton Hardaway. So they've got guys who kind of um, play that three spot, that wing spot, like you said. Um, they they need very specific holes filled. And, yep. then, you know, those holes obviously are, you know, at center, certainly, um, at big man and, and, you know, getting another guard that can kind of run the offense. Yeah, if you don't want to and, throw the keys to Jalen Young, um, it does it does it. I mean, I, I think we've talked about this in the past. They're trying to make the Mikey thing work. Like it, right? Yeah. As, yeah. As Hell yeah, it does. Go by. Uh, man, I was speaking to a reporter in San Diego uh, last week who's obviously covered the Mikey thing, you know, a lot closely than any of us have here just because, you know, have, having seen him play and having um, spoken to his people over the past year. You know, he was a little surprised that Memphis has hung on until this point. Um, even before this incident happened, there were some red flags there and, and several big time schools that were recruiting him. You know, just kind of backed off because of the baggage that came with him, whether it be, you know, him not wanting to live on campus or him wanting to do all remote schooling or, or everything that kind of comes with, you know, being Mikey Williams and, and being the celebrity uh, wonder kid type recruit. Um, 
It gets interesting now, though, because there's a big gap between where we are now, May 22nd, and that preliminary hearing date on June 29th. And, and even then, that's just the preliminary hearing date, right? Like, it's a chance for, you know, obviously the prosecution to call witnesses. And yeah. Evidence. So I think that's a that's very and and being on campus, people have talked about the Zoom hearings. I just don't. It's still not an ideal situation if you have to go about it that direction. I just I I, I have I have struggles believing ultimately that will will happen. But it, it, the the staff seems to be. Um, I mean, they could have cut ties and they haven't. Exactly, and you know maybe there have been conversations behind you know behind the scenes. This is not me reporting anything. I'm just kind of um, considering all avenues, right? Maybe they have told Mikey, hey. If this, this thing doesn't go um, a certain way, or if your name's not cleared by July, you know we can't do this thing, or, or whatever it may be. But yeah, on the surface, it seems like they're you know they're crossing their fingers and they're hoping that you know the judge throws that case out when you know come June 29th. And look, there is a chance, right? Like there is a chance that there's no um, substantial evidence that there's nothing that can be proven, you know, about him firing that gun at that vehicle. And you know, there's a chance that the judge could throw the case out. Um, small chance, but a chance nonetheless. Yeah. Now, uh, you, uh, the basketball tournament, um, Beale Street Boys are going to be there. Um, you got to talk Love to a couple of them. Way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, what, what'd you learn through that process? I know you wrote a story about it uh, a couple of days ago, um, but they said, you know, Beale Street Boys look to put Memphis on the map in the basketball tournament, a million dollar prize. It's fun. It's fun to see some of the names involved. A lot of people like some of the throwback names, and even Alex Lomax is going to be a part of it just one year removed. Yeah, I think it's very cool. You know, I spoke to, um, you know, Stevie Matthews and, and Willie Kemp, and they just kind of talked about wanting a way to connect guys, Memphis basketball guys from different eras, right? Yeah. They talked about kind of at, at this moment in time not having many events where, where those guys get to interact and, you know, um, keep up to date with each other. So they wanted a chance to, to come together and, you know, put on for Memphis, as they said in, in the story there. Um, and they haven't done this since 2019. That was the last time that Memphis had a single um, team represented in the basketball tournament. So it'll be interesting. They've got, you know, just like the the current 23-24 Memphis men's basketball roster, they've got some vacancies as well. With their yeah, that's what I'm saying. Who else are we getting involved? I know Joey's, Joey Dorsey's part of, the, uh, part of the coaching staff. Can we get him back in there? And get Man, going, bringing right? that with double double. Awesome. We can we can count on ten <laughs> boards. I know that much, dude. They kind of teased it. So I was talking to to Willie Kemp and and like I said, Stevie Matthews, and you know they've got three roster spots left as it stands now. And I you know I asked them like, hey, are you guys recruiting anybody? What's going on? And you know they they wouldn't tell me too much, but they right. did say it's going to be um, a young guy, quote unquote, that can run and jump. Okay, I don't, uh, I don't. a fan favorite. Yeah, I'm, I'm that doesn't sound that doesn't sound like Joey Dorsey. Right, <laughs> I don't know if that fits. I don't know I if that mean, fits. Not we'll the see. Young part, but run and jump. Like, run and jump. Yeah. That's a pogo stick. A pogo stick. <laughs> I know? get you. I get right. you. Now, now, last thing for you on the NBA playoff front: Are we ready for Heat versus Nuggets in the finals? Are, are you are you man. prepped and ready for that? I, I guess we got to be now, man. I'm a, I'm a huge <laughs> LeBron fan. Right. I'm a huge Same. LeBron fan. Um, like I started rooting for the guy you know, in the original Cleveland days, then followed him to Miami, then followed him back to Cleveland, now to L.A. So, you know, I was hoping that, you know, he could get one more at least, you know, and, and to do it at age 38 would be spectacular. Obviously, things are not trending in that direction. Um, but I think, look, man, a lot of people are talking about, 
you know, this is not good for the NBA or, or the ratings will be down. Screw the ratings. If you like, win, you win, great. man. If, you, if you're good enough to get to the NBA Finals, respect. You have to go through three different seven-game series. If you can win... You can win that many. I, I, you get your respect. You get to, you get to the the promised land. Like it's just yeah. it's how it works. And I I I don't think I don't think the ratings are going to be a massive issue. I mean, yeah, maybe a little bit because it won't be uh, Lakers Celtics, which a lot of people are rooting on. Um, but at the same time, the the NBA has actually done really good with ratings through through these playoffs. And, and obviously, marquee matchups. They had the Lakers versus the Warriors, but they've done well with ratings compared to what they've been doing the past three four years. No, absolutely, and it's kind of like the NCAA tournament. You know, we had a lot, of, a lot of oddities there, and the same things happened in the NBA playoffs where we're seeing an eight seed, you know, on the verge of heading to the finals and a seven seed out west, you know, um, although they're likely going to get swept, they're there, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think that's it's fun. At least to me, it's fun. Yeah, and uh, I, I brought this up on Friday, but the LeBron, what the the what he gets held to, the standard he gets held to, is still insane. I mean, the fact that we have people discussing what this means to his legacy if he gets swept out of the uh, Western Conference Finals at 38. Good God. Can we, like, give it up, right? Like, (laughs) let it go. He's got four in the tank. He's fine. He made it to the Western Conference Finals uh, beyond a lot of odds this year. They started the year 2-10. and They switched up the whole roster, and they they ended up getting through the Warriors and the Grizzlies in two straight rounds. I think think he's he's done well for himself regardless this year. Yeah, I think his legacy cemented, you know, long before. Yeah, no question. Yeah, no, it's just we get so obsessed with that legacy talk, man. We get so obsessed with it, and it's just it falls on deaf ears for me. It's no just doubt. it's ridiculous. I'm with it's you, ridiculous. Man. Parth, appreciate it, man. We'll catch up soon. Hey, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. That's Parth Upadhyay. Uh, he's Memphis T- uh, Tigers basketball beat reporter for the Daily Memphian. You can find find him on Twitter at p Upadhyay under. Score. Now we have to hop in to the Blitz. Carmelo Anthony officially retires. We have some Tony Allen news. Pleads guilty um, to uh, health care fraud and wire fraud. So we have some news there as well. And also I'll tell you about the Michigan Athletic Department, which is very unserious. Very, very unserious at the moment. We'll be back in a second on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 929 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. When disaster strikes, I have someone you can call so you can get total peace of mind. That is Service Master by Cornerstone. They're the largest franchise in a 600-mile radius, but that's not the only reason you should call them. Not just because they're the largest. Call them because they're the best at handling your disasters around the home, around the office, residential properties, whatever it may be. I hope none of it happens to you, though. Like, I really don't. Busted water heater. You have water damage, frozen pipes, toilet overflows when you're out of town. You have a, a, there's a storm, and you just have good old damage caused by that storm. Like we have seen, uh, it happens in Memphis this time of year. We get storms, thunderstorms that will uh, knock down power lines. Uh, trees will fall on your house. They will handle all of that for you. So no matter the place or size, they are here to help with the damage. Tyler, the president and owner of Service Master by Cornerstone, and his team are here to help you at moments like this. Their motto is simple. 
It's we don't pray for disaster. We just pray we get called when there is one. So remember the name, locally owned, locally operated, Service Master by Cornerstone. I want to give out a couple of numbers here. One is their hotline if you have something that happens very quickly. You need them to get out there fast. 901-RESPOND is that number. 901-RESPOND. But if you're just trying to get a hold of them, Tyler and his team, call 901-459-3675. That's 901-459-3675. Now we're live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, and it's time to hop into the Blitz. Now, the biggest stories overloading the line of bull rush of info. It's Gabe's Blitz on the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis's sports station. All right, Gabe, first up today from our friend Drew Hill, Tony Allen has pled guilty to conspiracy to commit health care fraud and wire fraud. He does not face restitution because he paid the money back. He faces a two-year sentence, but the other players pled guilty, did not receive jail sentences, so it is not expected for Tony to go to jail. Now, people are picking this up, and it, it cracks me up seeing seeing a lot of media members and people that, that sort of uh, tweet out the news that, that Drew put out earlier today. They're saying, well, he faces two years in, in jail. Well, at the same time, no other player who pled guilty faces any jail time right now. And also, he paid back all the money. He's done everything he's supposed to do through this process. He's admitting his guilt, and he has paid back the money. I really hope, in the end of the day, he does not face jail time, and it doesn't look like he will, necessarily. But, I mean, in the end of the day, this was widespread. This was something he got brought in on. Um, it was a mistake. There's no question about it. It was a, it was a massive mistake. Um, but, but my hope here, and I, I really hope so, here in the next year or so, he have, he has cleared his name. He can start showing his face back around. We can do his retirement night, whatever it was that we had to put on hold for a while. I, I hope we can get back to having Tony Allen around because I think he he's valuable to have around the Grizzlies. He's he's had his trials and tribulations, but but I think he is uh, he's a guy that's still well beloved in the city. And uh, you saw also the news over the weekend about him potentially trying to reach out to Ja and his family. I hope we can sort of mend these bridges and, and get back to uh, him being a part of this franchise in a big way. Yeah, I, I'm curious if you know him reaching out had something to do with he knew that this was almost over with, so he was yeah. going to get back kind of into the flow. I mean, of, and he's been on podcasts too. Right. Like he's he's starting to show his face more. I think he has an idea that this stuff's almost behind him, and and I think all of us hope the same, right? Um, but yeah, the healthcare fraud, wire fraud, not good, not good. But he has. He has paid all that money back, and he has pled guilty. Uh, I, I don't think he'll face jail time. I could be wrong. I'm not a lawyer. I don't. I don't do these things. I'm not in the litigation behind the scenes. But uh, it feels like he'll be. Uh, he'll be sort of. Uh, this stuff will be behind him relatively soon, and we can get back to to where Tony was a couple years ago before all this this came to came to light. Carmelo Anthony has Golly. officially retired after 19 seasons. Carmelo is – I'm going to ask you this. Don't you think he has one of the more interesting – and I, I don't do the legacy talk all the time, but I'm going to say the word legacy. His legacy in the NBA is a little complicated for a lot of like casual folks. I feel like during his playing career, obviously he was a guy who never got the ring, so he got shot down for that. But damn, man, he was so good. One of the most talented small forwards we've seen in the game's history. One of the the best scoring small forwards threes we've seen in the game's history. And it's not just what he did at the NBA level, which without question he exceeded expectations. 
Like people will say, well, he didn't win a championship. He still exceeded expectations. Ten-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA, was a scoring champ in 2013. But even before that, McDonald's All-American, uh, then he was an NCAA champ. He was the MOP of that of that Final Four. He, he was a collegiate All-American. He was, uh, again, an All-Star, All-NBA scoring champion. Lifetime, 22 points per game on about 45% shooting. I mean, he was phenomenal. And people will argue that he didn't reach the heights that, that, that most folks wanted him to reach, but are we kidding ourselves? Not everybody's built to go win rings. He didn't get one. That doesn't matter. That doesn't really change my view of who Carmelo Anthony, the basketball player, is. He was phenomenal for the Knicks. He was phenomenal for the Nuggets. I mean, toward the end of his career, he accepted a different role, played for the Trailblazers and the Lakers, and I thought he was solid in those roles. But it just didn't work out where he got a championship. But he, without question, exceeded expectations. I think during the time of his peak, the peak of his powers, he got he got shot down as maybe not a winning player. I, I think that's pretty far from the truth. I, I think he was phenomenal in, in 19 years, 19 seasons in the NBA. Now LeBron is the only active player that was drafted in 2003. So... Happy trails. Happy trails to Car- Carmelo Anthony. I, I think his, his legacy cemented. First ballot type guy. NBA All-75 team. Well done. Well done. Great career. Yeah, Melo's one of the most talented offensive players I think the game's ever seen. The man could score at any spot on the court. And he really revitalized New York basketball. And I say it all the time. The NBA is best when New York basketball is is rolling and it's doing well. And they have playoff games there in MSG. It's just there's so much passion there. And, you know, that that... That fourth quarter performance, the buzzer beater he had to, to, to in that playoff game is iconic. It really is. And you just think about it all the time. The the crowd pop. And I think that he unfairly gets compared to LeBron because they're two very different players. They came in together, yes, they're yeah. friends, but you know, his legacy shouldn't be compared to LeBron's because to that's, hell just, no. that's just not you, fair you to can't do to compare anyone's legacy it, to LeBron's. And that's, that's why today I've been a little disappointed today by the coverage of his retirement because Almost every single thing that you it's see, related to LeBron. it's related to LeBron. Yeah. And it's like, why can't we just get, give this guy his flowers for being one of the most exciting players I agree with you. for the last 20 years that we've seen? It was unbelievable having Melo in the league, what he did with the Nuggets team, what he did with those Knicks teams. And like you said, he took different roles. He's, he extended his career. He really showed that if you learn how to shoot, you can be in the NBA for a very long time. It's kind of what Vince Carter did. I do want to ask you this. Today, a lot of discussion has been going on about should they put 15 in the rafters in Denver, even though Jokic is wearing it now. I'm under the opinion. And you retire that number for both of them, and it should be there. Like, put Jokic up there and put Melo up there. Uh, you know, wait till Jokic is done, then we can sort of have the we can have these discussions, I think right? The, I think he's the in two 15. MVPs. He, get, he gets yeah. his. Yeah. He, 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 he let him have his time right yeah. now. Um, but no, I, I I agree with you. I mean, he he was so exciting, and like I I just remember like the the amount of space he could create in a damn. Telephone booth was unbelievable. His back to the basket fadeaway, uh, some of the mid range shots he was able to knock down. He was he was so fun to watch on the offensive end. Now defensive end, he wasn't that he wasn't a great player by any stretch of the imagination. But but he was so exciting and and entertaining on the offensive end. Uh, I will say, I uh, I do have questions about the past couple of years if he still could have played. Like this year, could he still have played? I think. You know, he probably could have, um, but he's 11th on the all-time scoring list, and I don't know if if I, I, I get 
I get the thought that maybe people didn't really want him to move up much higher, right? Like he's just he, he he's so good uh, on the offensive end, and and there was always questions about will he accept the role. I still think he'd probably play to this day. I really do, but. It just didn't work out that way for him. It didn't yeah. work out that way. And one thing I've always respected about Melo, people talk about the winning with him, but he kind of chose money over winning. And weirdly, for some reason with him, it's not bothersome that he did that. It's kind of <laughs> because I think he was so straightforward about that. He was like, they offered me a ton of money. I'm going to stay here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in New York. That's what I'm going to do for, for during my prime. I'm going to be here. We may not win, but I'm going to make all of the money in the world. And I respect that he just straight up was like, this is what I want to do with my career. I'm going to try to win. He gave his effort all the time. I never thought that he wasn't putting in effort. It's just, I like that he was like, I'm going to get my bag. Yeah. He was like one of the first, there was like, that get point my in his bag career, guys. Though, and this is what happens with, with legends, though. You get to that point in your career where they tell you to come off the bench and they say, well, I'm not a bench player. Carmelo said that at one point before his Trailblazers days. Uh, he, he talked about not wanting to be a bench guy, but eventually he accepted that and, and rolled with it and rolled with the punches. So I got respect for the man. I, and, and I do think it still is a complicated legacy because at the time, at his peak of his powers, there's a lot of people trying to shoot down what he was what he was accomplishing. And, and I, I, I always think that's unfair for for a lot of superstars that don't win rings, how, how unfairly they get treated by the general public. It's just, it's it's tale as old a time in the NBA. A lot of people don't have rings. Time. A lot of people. Yep. <laughs> Glenn Shimmy Shimbeckler, son of Bo, stepped down just three days after he was hired as Michigan's assistant director of football recruiting. His statement said that he engaged in flippant behavior on Twitter. Uh, thank you, Connor Dunny Dunning. I appreciate Please, it. Please, yeah, try to say that like five times fast. <laughs> Thank you, Connor Dunny Dunning, for for bringing Jeez. this up. Jeez, um, but I, I even when this hire was made, considering what we've learned about Bo Beckler and um, <laughs> turning a, turning his a blind eye to a lot of things going behind the scenes as far as a, a certain doctor was concerned, I'm not going to name right now because I don't think you need to bring up names like that. But all of the sexual abuse, assault going on behind the scenes, he turned a blind eye to it and he knew about it. Um, but this, even when it was made three days ago, was a hire that a lot of people were downing for good reason. Um, but his statement said flippant behavior on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen this and what he the flippant behavior on Twitter was, Connor, Dunny Dunning, but it included numerous offensive and insensitive posts, including several suggesting slavery and Jim Crow had the positive effect of strengthening black individuals and families. You you can't be serious. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. And I, I even more so than this hire and, and resignation in three days. In the last year, Michigan's athletic department has been an embarrassment. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. They finalized a $490 million settlement with sexual abuse victims that they tried to hide for a long, long time. Um, they changed hockey coaches amid a bullying probe and culture. They fired an assistant football coach for computer access crimes. Uh, that, that got swept under the rug very quickly. Jim Harbaugh has level one violations against him that people are, are turning a blind eye to at the moment. And they also just parted ways with Shimmy over offensive social media posts when on the front end you could have seen that coming. They've been up for a while. He's liked a lot of them. And with all the Bo Beckler stuff going on right now, is just not the right hire to make. This is, this is a very unserious um, athletic department at the moment. Um, yeah, they, they've been successful um, making the last two uh, college football playoffs. 
they've gotten over the Ohio State hump, and they've had some success, whether it's on the court, on the field. Um, but you have to conduct yourself better as an athletic department. I went after Alabama not too long ago for very similar situations where you just let everything spiral out of control. Ward Manuel has to get a handle on all this. Jim Harbaugh has to conduct himself in a better way, make better hires. Um, but this is this is an embarrassment, and someone needs to step up and be the adult in the room and take responsibility. And with responsibility, take action on trying to clean up the act there at Michigan. But this has been this has been miserable. Last year has been awful for uh, for that Michigan athletic department, and this is just another example of them acting and operating in an unserious fashion. Yeah, and you know. <clears throat> there's a saying that when people use Twitter that they tell you really who they are and the likes. That's where if you want to find out who somebody really is, you go look at their likes. Yeah. And you can find some interesting stuff there. But what bothers me about this story is it sounds like those tweets and those likes were already there when he got hired. So where was the background check? Where was the where was the checking in on this? It just seems like laziness and almost never. Jim Harbaugh's known Jimmy honest. for a long time. He knows that's what he, a, he knows what what has happened. Yeah. He knows that's such a gross excuse. He knows. Though. No, it's not an excuse. It's just like I, I, my point is he knew what he was hiring. He knew the type of guy he was, and he knows what's been going on with Bo Schembechler, um, and and his legacy there, and how much it's being tarnished at the University of Michigan. So I mean, I I, I put this on Jim Harbaugh, Ward Manuel, everybody involved in that athletic department. Be grown-ups. Step up to the plate. Be better. It's as simple as I can put it. But that'll do it for the Blitz. We have to wrap up the show. So we'll do that next with the Rewind right here on the Gabe Kuncho 92.9 FM ESPN. Now it's the Rewind. Now we play it back like Rewind. Brought to you by Memphis Barbecue Company. Rewind on 92.9. Two three O's in the conference finals in the NBA. Like we all expected, right? Right? Celtics are dying, though. A, a painful death. It's, it's quick, though. It's not slow. <laughs> it's been ugly every step of the way for them. The Heat are outworking them. They're being outcoached. And their stars, the Celtics stars, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they can't come up clutch. On the other hand, we have the Lakers. And as much as I, I thought this would be a competitive series, Lakers have run into a buzzsaw. And I see a lot of excuses made. But maybe the Nuggets are just the better damn team. They were the most consistent Western Conference team during the regular season, and they have been the most consistent Western Conference team during the playoffs. While some are surprised, it's it's relatively unsurprising for me. I discussed a lot with Greg McElroy in the first hour. He is right now at the podium at Hilton Memphis talking to the Memphis Touchdown Club. Now, there's a lot in that discussion. It'll be posted relatively soon on 929ESPN.com, but we talked about Memphis as a Power 5 market, realignment in general, and also how much longer does his coach that brought him to Alabama, Nick Saban, have? The funny thing is, I don't know if there are a lot of people in Bama circles that are really looking to have that conversation yet, even with Nick Saban at 71 years old. It's going to come at some point, but a lot of Bama fans are, are, are hesitant to have that conversation. Also, Parth Yai joined to talk about the Tigers. Still lack of smoke in recruiting. Could change quickly. Uh, we, we still have to wait out and see what happens with the Mikey Williams situation, but we shall see. Regardless, good fun today all around. If you want to play back the whole show, download the Odyssey app and search 92.9 ESPN. What's the biggest game tonight? Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. 
Biggest game tonight is going to be the Nuggets at the Lakers. They're looking to close it out in four games. Right now, the Lakers are a three-point favorite. I'm going to be taking the Nuggets plus three. I just haven't seen anything from the Lakers for me to pick them. Right, I guess so. Tough. I guess so. Nuggets are just good, man. They're very and, good and basketball. And to see uh, Jamal Murray with uh, you know the ACL injury and what Michael Malone said this weekend about standing by him through that, that that's a really cool side story. But Jamal Murray needs his credit for what he's been able to accomplish. 31-37-37 and 37 in these three games in the Western Conference Finals. He's showing up when he needs to show up. Fast forward. Fast forward. I'll have Christian Fowler in his normal time slot tomorrow. Uh, Nuggets are going to go for the close tonight in the Western Conference Finals. And also we'll look ahead to a potential close in the Eastern Conference Finals. So there will be plenty upon us. But that is a wrap for today. Thanks to Greg McElroy, Jeff Calkins, and Parth Upadhyay for their contributions to today's program. We'll meet back here at the same time tomorrow. But in the meantime, I am going to pass you off to Joe and Amber. For Connor, I'm Gabe. Be easy, be safe, and enjoy the rest of your night. WMFS FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS Memphis celebrating a legacy of sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers Talk. Always live on the Odyssey app and on smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. If you're hiring, it can feel like you're trying to find a needle in a haystack. You can hope the right person comes along, or you can just use ZipRecruiter. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. In fact, ZipRecruiter has helped a lot of business owners find their needle in a haystack. Like Marco, president of operations at Telly Tires and Auto Centers. Because Telly Tires has grown a lot in the last few years, Marco needed to hire everyone from a receptionist to a store manager to a head mechanic. ZipRecruiter helps me find all the right people, even the most difficult jobs to fill. ZipRecruiter helps me keep my business running. Take it from Marco and millions of other businesses who've used ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter can help you find the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-A-D-I-O. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. And they're designed by real language teachers, so you learn how to have real-world conversations, things you'll actually use. It's incredible. After using Babbel, I'm ready to start having real conversations in French. There's all kinds of ways to learn. Use Babbel's podcasts or games or videos. You can even join live classes with a language teacher. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Evidemment. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. You ready to get your ride on at Gus at Mitsubishi? Inventory is arriving daily, and we're ready to put you in a new ride today. Get seven seats and 27 MPG combined in your new 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander. We Gus it at $33,285 or $469 a month. And the winner takes all in 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander PHEV. 420-mile total range, 6 
64 combined MPGE and 38 minutes best charging time. We gossip at $449 a month. And you'll always get peace of mind with Mitsubishi's 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Outlander 469, Outlander PHEV 449. That's gossip Mitsubishi, 1870 Covington Pike, or shop online at MemphisMitsubishi.com. If you want it, we gossip and gossip more. Outlander PCO 45645 MSRP 33785 PHEV PZ 043032 MSRP 48230 includes all rebates and incentives PF 695 excludes tax title and license with approved credit CD for complete details offer valid through end of the month dealer stock only. Hello, I'm Kelly Burris, an attorney with the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. Here are a few quick divorce tips that we provide our clients. Number one, if you must move from your home, be sure to at least inventory your important personal property. An easy way is to record video with your cell phone and narrate the walkthrough. Number two, don't be lured into a con- 